Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Well, I hope your Monday is off to a good start. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and welcome to this hour of The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Monday of the new year. You make any New Year's resolutions, anything that you want to accomplish in 2022? Any goals that uh, you're ready to tackle? Well, since this hour of The Inner Life is dedicated to helping us grow together in our spiritual journey, we thought it'd be a good idea to talk about how we can look ahead to this new year and share ideas for spiritual reading that can help us grow in holiness. One of the biggest problems that I hear from people with spiritual reading is trying to find the time to read a book. And I saw an article pop up just a few days ago with some really solid suggestions on how you can read more this year. And I personally have used many of these tips for years. It really does make a difference in the number of books that you read through a year. Uh, This article, it's called Nine Tips to Read More This Coming Year. It's by Joel Miller. And he's talking about reading in general, but you can apply most of these to spiritual reading as well. So here's the list. Number one, suggestion number one, keep track. He recommends simply just logging what you read. Make a list of all the books that you read through the year. And I'll also add another suggestion kind of in combination with this. Consider setting a goal of how many books you'd like to read through the year. Make it reasonable. And then keep track of each of the books that you read. Um, Suggestion number two from Joel Miller is to switch formats. He'll have a physical copy of the book, plus he'll have an audiobook version to listen to while he's driving or while he's doing some other activities where he can't actually hold a physical copy of the book. Or if you prefer an ebook on a tablet, you know, while you're out and about, that's great too. But most public libraries are now set up for borrowing audiobooks and ebooks through an app on your phone. I listen to audiobooks that way all the time. It's very easy and it's free, which is nice. Number three on his list here cut back on watching television. That one's simple enough. Uh, You know, we all have things that we like to watch, whether it's sports, whether it's something that you stream, a series that you watch, something on live TV, maybe it's the news. But you only have so many hours in a day, so many hours in a week, so many hours in a year. So if you want to spend more time reading, cut back on something that you can easily cut back on, television. The fourth suggestion here for reading more this year, always take a book with you wherever you are. Again, audiobooks and ebooks that make that easier than ever. Uh, but keep a book in your car. Or if you carry a briefcase or you carry a purse, keep a book in there while you're waiting somewhere. Instead of scrolling through social media apps or playing solitaire on your phone, read a few more pages in your book. Recommendation number five on this list 
follow your whims. Joel Miller, he says, let your tastes, your curiosity, and your passions steer you to read your next book. And of course, that can even apply for spiritual reading. What are the areas that you're interested in spiritually? Uh, Whether it's historical Christianity or the Old Testament, learning more about the Hebrew faith, uh, the Jewish culture. Maybe it's something uh, delving into a specific devotion or a Marian apparition. Number six, vary your genres. And even though we are talking about spiritual reading for this year, I think it's a great uh, uh, it's great advice to read other books alongside your spiritual reading. Um, I read probably four or five different books, spiritual reading this past year. But alongside those, I took in an autobiography of Edward Snowden. I read A Farewell to Arms by Ernest Hemingway. I read about the 1893 Chicago World's Fair and many, many other books. But it helps you so that you're able to go through and not just feel like, oh, I'm only stuck on this one book where maybe you feel like a break for the, from that for a while. Suggestion number seven, read several books at once. Now, not simultaneously, of course, but to be in the midst of two or three books at once, I've found this to work especially well with spiritual reading because I want to digest and reflect on the thoughts and the ideas that I encounter in my spiritual reading. I'm not just racing through that spiritual reading with only the goal of finishing another book, just to check it off. I I want to get something out of it. Number eight on this list of nine, seek suggestions on ideas for books that you might enjoy. Of course, there's no way for you or for me to know all of the great books that are out there. So ask your friends, ask family members for suggestions of spiritual reading that has helped them on their spiritual journey. And then finally, number nine, Quit a book at any time. Now, I personally, I have a hard time with this one, but it it is okay to stop reading and move on to another book. In fact, I've had experiences where I've tried to pick up a book a couple of times, couldn't get into it, but then for whatever reason, I pick it up again a third or a fourth time, and this might be several years later from that first time that I picked it up, and I find myself loving it for whatever reason. It didn't resonate those earlier times, but then it does. So if you're struggling with a book, Just put it down, go on to another book, and those are the nine ideas that Joel Miller gives on how you can read more in 2022. And as I said, this hour, we want to talk about suggestions and recommendations for spiritual reading, and so we want to invite you in, of course, with uh, your suggestions. What's a book that you would recommend to grow spiritually? What book has had that impact on your relationship with Christ? And our spiritual director for this hour joining us as we talk about spiritual reading in the new year, Father Joseph Ilo is back with us once again. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, and he's the pastor of Star of the Sea Parish in San Francisco. Father Ilo, welcome back to The Inner Life. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Glad to have you here. Thank you, Josh, and Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Well, and so um, you had mentioned that you had done a show a while back um, when Chuck Neff was still hosting on spiritual reading, 
and uh, said that, you know, it was maybe one of your favorite uh, episodes that you did here on the the, uh, the Inner Life. So I'm glad to have you back here. Before we jump into books, before we jump into recommendations, and I'll throw out the phone number for our listeners that they can call in as well at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, with uh, your recommendations of spiritual reading, a book that has helped you in your spiritual journey. And again, you can email us at innerlife at relevantradio.com. But let's talk about just the purpose of spiritual reading to begin with, Father. Why do you think spiritual reading is, um, I was going to say, why is it important? It might be better to say, why is it necessary or even crucial for our growth as Catholics, as followers of Christ? Well, that's a good question. I went to the seminary and priests would come back to the seminary and say, you know, we read so much in the seminary that I haven't cracked a book since I became a priest. And that just seems so um, defeatist to me because we we are lifelong students. Why is reading so important? Because we are rational animals. God has given us an intellect, an ability to reason and to read. When we read, we are in conversation with the best, the classics, the the people that have thought things through before us that have been graced by God's power and authority to instruct us in the ways of holiness and the ways of truth and beauty and goodness. So not to read is really not to be human. And to read is to to read divine scriptures, of course, but also divinely inspired writings of the saints and, and also novels and poetry lifts up us up beyond our human abilities. Really, it, it, it makes us somewhat divine, or at least partakers in the divine nature. So reading, spiritual reading has always been one of the standard practices daily and weekly of a well-ordered spiritual life. And you're right that we well, did you- this yeah, in Jan- it was January uh, last year, uh, and w- w- so many people were calling in with their favorite books. We said, uh, Chuck Neff and I said, well, we have to do this again, and, and here we are doing it again. Yeah, and Chuck didn't pass that along to me. It just simply happened that, uh, you know, I, that, uh, it's the Holy Spirit, I'm sure, saying, yeah, this is this is uh, definitely a conversation that needs to happen. Um, Father, as we approach spiritual reading, are there some basics or some principles that we should keep in mind? You, you mentioned, you know, possibly daily or weekly. Is there, can you, can you do too much spiritual reading? Is there something that, you know, I should go into it with a mindset different than, say, if I'm just going to read some sort of uh, suspense novel or mystery or, you know, some historical work? Uh, how do I approach spiritual reading different than other reading? Right. Well, the basis of spiritual reading should be Scripture. And we're not talking about Scripture on this radio hour. We're talking about, so reading of Scripture would be Lectio Divina, the divine reading. But to complement the reading of Scripture, we have the lives of the saints, the writings of the saints, etc. And it's different than reading secular material, because although it's not Scripture, 
It's not divinely inspired and inerrant as the scriptures are. It it complements the scriptures, and especially the writings of the saints are close to being scriptural in some sense that they are inspired by the Holy Spirit, not to the degree that scripture is. But And so we read these things with greater attention, with um, attention and intention. That is, we make it a consistent part of our spiritual routine. So while we may read a novel that fascinates us when we have the time, we make the time to read spiritual readings. 15 minutes a day, maybe even half an hour, set aside for both scripture and, so let's say you put aside a half an hour every day, maybe in the morning, that's the best time to read. When we're fresh and clear thinking, so well-rested, I I would recommend setting aside a half an hour or at least 15 minutes in the morning to read, I say, a chapter of scripture and then, and then some life of a saint's. Also, before going to bed is a good time to kind of be tucked into bed with the saints. So the best and the brightest of our tradition, for example, um, St. John Vianney, the patron saint of parish priests, had two books on his bed night table. One was The Lives of the Saints and the other was The Imitation of Christ. Mother Teresa as well. So uh, I think the most famous example of someone who discovered spiritual reading is St. Ignatius of Loyola, who was a soldier, sure. was, was wounded, and I think a lot of people know the story in the castle in which he was recovering from his wounds. There were two types of books. One were romance novels. He thoroughly enjoyed them. The other were Lives of the Saints. And at one point, he couldn't get the romance novel, so he just read The Lives of the Saints. And he realized that it made him feel good not only when reading it, but afterwards even better. It ordered his life and gave him joy. So he began to read more of the lives of the saints and the writings of the saints and be intentional about it, to set time aside for that. Well, in talking about that, you know, the greater attention and the greater intention, um, you know, I, I mentioned that when it comes to spiritual reading, I I really read at a much different pace than I do other novels or secular, you know, things that I might read because it might only be a few paragraphs. It might only be a mm. chapter that I, I read, but I, I want time to reflect on what I've read. And, you know, there might be an exception. If, if I'm reading a biography on a saint, I might go through that at a normal pace that I'd read another book. But, you know, most of the time, I'm taking in the thoughts, the reflections, the meditations in this spiritual reading, and I'm I'm not wanting to overwhelm myself with too many things to consider at once. Otherwise, I find myself that I'll lose some of what I've been reading. It won't have that same impact on my spiritual growth. And I I agree with what you said, you know, reading in the morning. Reading at night, I've done that as well, but it seems that, at least for me, if I do some spiritual reading in the morning, and again, might be a few paragraphs, might be a chapter, but not a lot, but that 10 or 15 minutes that I spend reading, I'm able to process that through the course of the day. I don't just turn off the light and go to sleep and then have to be reminded of what I read. It, it's with me the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I looked up spiritual reading on Wikipedia 
to just get some ideas for this conversation. And it's it's actually a really good article, and I'd recommend it for people just to type in spiritual reading. But it quotes Monsignor Escriva, who founded Opus Dei, who said that spiritual reading builds up a store of fuel along with what you just said. He said, it looks like a lifeless heap, but I often find that my memory of its own accord will draw from it material which fills my prayer with life and inflames my thanksgiving after communion. So we read a lot of things and they kind of disappear from our radar, but they're in there and we pull upon them or God uh, presents them to us at different times in our lives. When we're praying, when we're, well, we're quiet, these things come back to us. And one other thing, we've already got some calls coming in, and I'll throw out the phone number again here. As we're talking about spiritual reading in this new year, uh, what's a book that you would recommend to grow spiritually? What book has had that strong impact on your relationship with Christ? What book has helped you to grow in love for Jesus has helped you to grow in holiness. And you can call in with your recommendations for spiritual reading for 2022. Our phone number, 888-914-9149, But one other thing that might be good to talk about here just for a moment is sometimes we might pick up a book and it just doesn't seem to resonate for us. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, this past year, I ended up reading a book by G.K. Chesterton. And mm-hmm. it did really hardly anything for me. And I know so many people, so many people who love Chesterton. He's made an impact in their lives. I love so many of his quotes, quotes that I don't read in the, you know, that I haven't seen in uh, a book itself. Just somebody makes a quote of, oh, that's a really, really good insight from Chesterton. And... When I was younger, I think I really would have been bothered by this. You know, I would have been saying to myself, what's wrong with me? What am I, what am I missing here? Why does everybody else seem to be getting something out of this? But I am just struggling to get through to the next page. Uh, I'm finding it dry or it's boring. But sometimes it's simply okay to not care for a book. You know, part of that is just personality. And it might just be that, you know, it's not something that speaks to us at a particular moment. Maybe it will a few years later if we revisit it, but but that it's okay that we don't have to appreciate and love every single spiritual classic that might be out there. That's right. It's funny, I read Chesterton's St. Francis biography and also his Thomas Aquinas, The Dumb Ox, when I was in college and they just spoke to me. And I recommended them to my parish and I, I actually bought a lot of copies, and, and, and people took them. And I read it myself. I, it didn't do much for me the second time when I was, you know, 40 years later. I, I didn't understand. But now, so there, time and place, there, there are differences in the way we appreciate things. And there's so much spiritual reading, so much treasure, that it's okay to uh, pick and choose a bit. Now, having said that, we must make the effort to understand we have to work do our best to work through a book but if you've been putting some real effort into assimilating a book reading it thoughtfully after a few days after you know halfway through the book and it's not speaking to you it's okay to put it down and pick up something else 
<laughs> Good. I'm glad you give us permission for that, Father. <laughs> yeah. Um, one other question here, and then uh, let's start going into some of the books that we have as recommendations here. Is there a prayer? Let's say that, you know, I, I'm sitting down for spiritual reading. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to incorporate that into my daily routine here in this new year. Is there some prayer that you might recommend before we start that spiritual reading, something that it invites the Holy Spirit to speak to us through the words that we are going to read, allows us to be more open to spiritual growth in those moments of reading? Yes, I think the prayer to the Holy Spirit, come, O Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful. I was a chaplain at Thomas Aquinas College for a couple of years in Southern California. It's a great book liberal arts college and basically what they do is read books original sources and discuss them in seminar but before every class they pray this prayer to the holy spirit and it's a i i use that prayer a lot to open meetings you know parish meetings and such but it's a very powerful prayer it's the church's liturgical prayer to the holy spirit for the feast of pentecost and so i recommend that I that everybody uh, memorize the come all Holy Spirit prayer and then and then pray regularly before reading. Excellent. And if uh, if you're not familiar with that prayer, you can find it on the relevant radio app. Uh, just on the upper right hand corner, you'll see the little icon that says pray and you can click on that. It's under the category basic prayers and you can find the text for that prayer to the Holy Spirit there. Again, we're talking with Father Joseph Ilo today about spiritual reading. And what are the books that you have found in your spiritual reading that have helped you, that have helped you to grow closer to Christ? that have led you to grow in holiness. You can call in with your favorites at 888-914-9149. Hopefully we'll all be able to walk away after this hour with a list of some different books that we haven't encountered yet, books that can help us grow uh, to know, love, and serve Christ better. Uh, our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. We'll talk about your recommendations along with Father Ilo's coming up next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour sponsored by Ave Maria Mutual Funds, where financial goals are aligned with pro-life values and fund decisions are based on investment fundamentals designed to preserve and grow wealth without violating moral beliefs. More information at AveMariaFunds.com. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, and our spiritual director for the hour, Father Joseph Ilo, a priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, pastor at Star of the Sea Parish there in San Francisco. Today, talking about spiritual reading, what are those books that have helped you in your spiritual journey, uh, helped you to grow spiritually? What book has had that big impact on your relationship with Christ? Uh, has been an inspiration. Maybe it's the life of a saint that really inspired you and say, you know, just like Father Ila was talking about uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola, 
reading the lives of the saints, and it inspired him to then say, I want to become a saint myself. And what has had that impact on you? You can call in with your recommendations of spiritual reading for this new year, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father Ilo, um, how about yourself? Is there you know one or two books that really kind of stand head and shoulders above anything else for you that you would look at and say, if I was going to recommend one or two books for somebody to read this year this this would be it or these would be them Mm. well before i mention a few books i'd say these are my favorites and some of them i mean they all have objective classical value but they may not catch your interest or speak to you so again if you hear a recommended book and start to read it and it's not working don't despair don't think that you're a moron uh, pick up something else. But a year ago, when we had this same discussion on this Inner Life program, I mentioned four of them, and I'll say those, and then I'll say a few others. But St. Augustine's Confessions is a classic. Every Catholic, every Christian should read that book at some point in their life. It's like making a pilgrimage to the Holy Land or Rome. It's just something you have to do at some point. It's not easy to read. It takes a lot of effort. There are better translations than others. Another is The Story of a Soul by St. Therese, Autobiography of the Little Flower. St. Francis de Sales, Introduction to the Devout Life is a basic uh, instruction manual on how to be a Christian, basics of the devout or interior life. And one of my favorites, Little Flowers of St. Francis, the charming and hilarious in some cases but very deeply spiritual stories of the early Franciscans. Now, having said those four, I'd also recommend some more recently written things. So Tolkien, start with The Hobbit. If you've never read The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings, start with The Hobbit. And it's not enough to watch the movie. The movies are good, but the the book is always better. So I read The Hobbit when I had the chicken pox in fifth grade, and it, it kind of changed my life. Uh, C.S. Lewis is The Abolition of Man, is a, is a kind of a long essay written by Tolkien's friend Lewis, who described what was happening in our understanding of the, the, the human person, and it speaks volumes to what we see today. It explains a lot of these irrational movements like, like uh, gender ideology, and, and uh, like the the pro-choice or pro-abortion movement, how did all this come about? Well, the abolition of man shows you the deeper reasons for that. Another interesting uh, narrative, a story, Walter Chiswick, Father Walter Chiswick was a Jesuit that was imprisoned in Russia. He wrote a book called With God in Russia. Uh, looks like, uh, Nick, we might have lost uh, Father Ilo. So we're going to try and get him back. And uh, Father Walter Chiswick will pick up there with Father Ilo in just a moment. But again, talking about spiritual reading today. And you can call in with that book or, you know, maybe even a couple of favorites that you have. 888 914 9149. 888 914 9149. 
And you can email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And again, the phone number, 888-914-9149. I want to thank so many of you who are calling in. We're going to get to your calls just as soon as we get Father Ilo back here. And of course, again, if uh, you missed some of those titles Father Ilo mentioned, Confessions by St. Augustine, uh, The Introduction to the Devout Life, by St. Francis de Sales, St. Therese of Lisieux, A Story of a Soul, and Little Flowers of St. Francis are the four classics that he said are absolutely worth. Um, everybody should read those. Um, the Tolkien and the C.S. Lewis books. Tolkien, of course, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. C.S. Lewis, The Abolition of Man. And uh, still, Nick, how are we doing? Do we have Father back? All right. And again, uh, one of the things that I might recommend, too, on the C.S. Lewis line, there's a book that he has that is called Till We Have Faces. And C.S. Lewis has so many great stories, so many um, books that he has written on just theology in general. But Till We Have Faces is one of my favorites by C.S. Lewis. This is a story that's based on an ancient Greek myth of Cupid and Psyche. And it's a bit of an allegory. You know, Lewis used allegory in multiple stories, especially the Chronicles of Narnia series. But you can see in this story the main character changes through the course of the novel. She uh, starts out and you just see this person who is angry, has this bitterness, this resentment early on, especially towards the gods in this story that she encounters, that she sees in her in her world there. Uh, but as she moves forward, finally, in the end, she goes through this gradual conversion process, and the gods that she originally hated, she now sees that they were always loving, always merciful, exactly what she needed. And so if you've never read Till We Have Faces by C.S. Lewis, that's another one I might recommend to you there. You know, C.S. Lewis, he wrote several novels that deal with Christian belief, but I think this is maybe his best novel, at least in my opinion, um, even though it might be lesser known than the Narnia books or the Screwtape Letters. And uh, Father, are you familiar with that uh, book, Till We Have Faces by C.S. Lewis? I think that's, yeah, I, I agree. That's my favorite. Well, C.S. Lewis also had that hideous strength. I think that's my favorite Lewis novel. Okay. But Till yeah. We Have Faces is definitely a Well, and so you were talking about Father uh, Walter Chiswick um, right before we lost your connection there. Can you tell us a little about the book you were mentioning by him? Right. Walter Chiswick, as I was saying, was uh, imprisoned in Russia, he was an American Jesuit of Polish extraction. He was working in Poland, was arrested by the KGB, shipped into Siberia, 15 years in labor camps and solitary confinement and such. So he maintained his faith, but also a great sense of um, humor and joy throughout this um, extreme suffering. So With God in Russia is the story of uh, his his adventures, so to speak, and then he wrote a second one, He Leadeth Me, which is the spiritual reflection on that experience. I, I, for a young man, to, to see these kinds of heroes, that nothing could defeat them, not the whole Soviet empire could defeat this man because he, he just depended on Christ. It's, it's mm. most inspiring. 
Well, Father, I know you've got a few more to go through, but before we go through any others of your recommendations, let's go to the phones here. We've got a number of people who have called in, and again, our studio line, 888-914-9149. As we're talking about spiritual reading for this new year, what's that favorite book that you have, the book that you would recommend um, that's had that impact in your life, helped you to grow closer to Christ? 888-914-9149. Let's go to Michelle. She's listening in New Jersey. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for calling into the inner life. Hi. Um, I just started reading this uh, this book. I just got it for Christmas. And, <clears throat> and it just makes me so happy because, um, you know, a lot of times I'll do spiritual reading and or I'll be talking to someone about something. And I'm not great at, you know, remembering the right Bible verse to explain something to someone. And so um, Surprised by Truth is one of those books that really helps you defend your faith and, um and so, I don't know, it's just helped me more understand my own faith and help others to understand it. And, and I, you know, I don't have tons of Catholic people around me. And um, so I have a lot of Protestants that try and, you know, um, sort of talk me out of my own faith. And sometimes, like, you know, something will creep into you and you're like, well, you know, it'll give you a doubt. And this book has just completely solidified my, my beliefs, or it helped me to solidify my beliefs. That's a great recommendation, Michelle. Yeah, and um, of course, Patrick Madrid is on the author of that book just before this program. And he took his title, of course, from a a Lewis book called Surprised by Joy. And and so it's it's a lot in the uh, C.S. Lewis tradition, a great recommendation. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're not familiar with the book, uh, Surprised by Truth, which I think, gosh, it might be 15, 20 years old by now, but it has just a number of different stories of people that Patrick has compiled who ended up uh, learning about the Catholic faith, converted, came into the church, and you get to just have these short little brief, um, uh, little mini biographies of each of these people. So almost kind of in the same realm that Father you know, we've been talking about reading the lives of the saints. You know, some of those people, <laughs> they might end up becoming saints themselves. So you're almost getting kind of a preview of the lives of the saints there in some of those. But it also gives such good explanation on, well, this is why I ended up coming to the conclusion that the Catholic Church is the fullness of the faith. Yes, yes. Uh, Father, let's go to uh, Kyle. Kyle is listening to us in Savage, Minnesota. Hi, Kyle. You're on the air with Father Ilo. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Um, so a little back, little uh, kind of background on this is I, I came into the church about 12 years ago. Um, so I was Lutheran, and um, once my wife in, invited me to a Catholic Mass when I was in high school, I was hooked. Um so in my course of actually becoming Catholic, I wasn't Catholic quite yet, going through RCIA, my dad kind of surprised me, told me that his dad um, was Catholic and his mom was um, Presbyterian. And uh, that was really the first time I actually ever heard there was any kind of Catholic lineage in my family. And then I found out later that my grandfather being Catholic, he was one of 12, and his brother, so I guess my great uncle, he was a religious brother. So long story short, um, my uncle 
rummaging through his things, found this little leather bound about the size of your palm um, book. And what it said was Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, the way it was written, I guess then, this must have been, this book must be probably written in the 20s or 30s. Um, it's just the way it's written. I read the whole thing at least uh, several times now. Uh, is, has had a remarkable impact on me. Right. The Imitation of Christ actually uh, was written in um, 1418. <laughs> so it, uh, and it's a, it's been a classic for many, many saints. Uh, I mentioned Mother Teresa always had a copy by her bedside. Uh, I think Kyle, ben thanks Danny so much. Too. Yeah, I, it's one of those that I've heard many saints have used, uh, you know, in their lives. Kyle, thanks for calling in for that uh, recommendation of The Imitation of Christ. And again, if you're listening and you have a book that has made an impact in your life, your spiritual reading, your spiritual growth, you can call in with your recommendation, 888 You can email innerlife at relevantradio.com. We need to take another short time out here. We'll be back with more of your phone calls and more with Father Ilo here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio. Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director, Father Joseph Ilo. Today talking about spiritual reading What's that book that you would recommend for someone else to read this year to grow spiritually? Which book has had that big impact on your relationship with Christ, helping you to grow closer to him, helping you to grow in holiness? And you can call in and share your favorite book recommendation for spiritual reading, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And uh, Father Ilo, before we go back to the phones, I was interested to hear maybe a little bit more. You had mentioned Tolkien and The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. And, I, you know, that's one of those where um, Tolkien himself was Catholic, there are certain things, you have to dig pretty deep to find certain things that really have a correlation with the faith, um, because the story is primarily the story. It's not as uh, maybe obvious as if you were to read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, or some of those uh, allegorical novels that C.S. Lewis has written. But what are the things that stand out for you in The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings that bring forth uh, you know, the spiritual lessons, the spiritual implications in those stories for you. That's right. That Tolkien was not an allegor- allegorist. Uh, C.S. Lewis's friend made direct connections between, say, Aslan and Christ in the Narnia series. But Tolkien developed these um, narratives, these stories that taught the faith almost unconsciously. So, for example, Aragorn in The Lord of the Rings is the king, and the last of the trilogy of The Lord of the Rings is the return of the king. Well, really, it's the story 
of the return of Christ. And again, it's not an allegory. Aragorn is not Christ, but he he shares some of the um, properties or, or the characteristics of, of, of Christ. He is a good king. And because Aragorn is not Christ, but he's, he's just a really good king, first of all, it inspires us to be good kings of and queens. You know, all of us have things to rule over, beginning with our own private lives, our own personal lives, how to be masters of ourselves. But then most of us get married, we have families, and we need to exercise leadership and, and rule in that sense. But none of us are Christ. So to have a figure like Aragorn, who's not Christ, but is not Christian, because there's no uh, Christian, obvious or, or explicit Christianity in the Lord of the Rings, but he is a good person and a, and a very capable ruler. He's an inspiring figure. It helps us to realize, hey, I can do, I can be like Aragorn. I can't, I can't be another Christ. There's only one Savior, but I can help him. I can, I can be a regent in my own life. So, the the Lord of the Rings is. I really think it's required reading for uh, at some point in your life is like like is a spiritual classic and not because it's a directly a Christian book, but because it's got the ethos. It's, it's got the mentality. The whole background is uh, a, like a fleshing out of the gospels. Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Anne Marie who's listening in Westbrook, Maine. Hi, Anne Marie. You're on the air with Father Ilo. Things to you both on this new year. I'm 79 years old, and uh, I've read all my life. I was a teacher for 40 years. Uh, the first book mm. I, that I read that uh, propelled me to this kind of reading, which I'll mention, was uh, Thomas Merton's uh, uh, autobiography, um, The Seven Story Mountain. I was 15, I was in high school, and it opened the door to contemplation for me, and it remained with me for the rest of my life. Now, at the moment, I'm reading uh, Robert Cardinal Seurat's book, The Power of Silence Against the Dictatorship of no Noise, it's not an easy book to read in the sense of uh, it's a bit dense, uh, or I should say profound. So I read a few pages a day, and I find myself stopping at uh, a number of places because it immerses you in, in silence, which immerses you in a deeper contemplation. So you simply stop and think or remain silent. You don't think. In the book, uh, Robert Cardinal Seurat uh, speaks of uh, uh, Joseph Rassam and of a quote that he gives. Although speech characterizes man, silence is what defines him, because speech acquires sense only in terms of this silence. And uh, the person who is silent, who is used to uh, deep prayer, is a person who speaks little, perhaps. But when they do speak, there's a lot to say. Uh, they're prophets, in a sense. Um, it's difficult. But uh, it makes man able to allow himself to be led by God. 
This is a beautiful book. It's a profound book. It's a book that one can read for the entire year of mm-hmm. 2021. And it comes at a good time when uh, silence is gone, silence has left the world, or it's slowly mm-hmm. leaving the world. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it simply opens you up to God himself, and then you let him do the talking. First it's mm-hmm. a dialogue, and then it becomes a monologue with him. Mm-hmm. Anne-Marie, thanks Thank so you, much Anne-Marie. for that recommendation. Yeah, uh, Father, are you familiar with the book, The Power of Silence? I am, and, and also thanks to, for The Seven Story Mountain, which is another very good book to read. Uh, Power of Silence I read about three years ago when it first came out, or four years ago, and the biggest problem is noise. It's it's nonstop superficial media, and Cardinal Seurat articulates why that's a problem and also how we can regain silence and thoughtfulness. It's a very good book. Father, you had a few other books that you wanted to recommend for listeners today. Malcolm Mudridge has one of them, Something Beautiful for God. What's that about? Yeah, it's a kind of a biography of Mother Teresa, and it's only, I think, 80 pages. It's a it's a pretty quick read, but it's really a classic of a, an atheist uh, journalist from the BBC who was assigned to do a documentary on this strange phenomena in Calcutta of a nun taking in uh, dying people. And he discovered something. He, he discovered something beautiful for God. So he wrote this little book about his experience. And I think it's the best description of this extraordinary life of the last century of Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Hmm. Uh, what are another couple of books that you would recommend for listeners? Well, I'll give you two more. Uh, 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 as Anne-Marie just said, uh, not every book is easy to read and you have to apply yourself. So here's another one that requires a little bit of work. It's Joseph Ratzinger, who became Pope Benedict, of course, his Introduction to Christianity. It's about 350 pages, and it's A to Z, a very deep but luminous, very clear written description of the basics, the fundamentals of Christianity. So... Uh, we use that in the seminary. I've read it a couple times since. Second one would be another novel. I, Michael O'Brien is a contemporary Canadian novelist, and he's published by Ignatius Press. Uh, disclaimer, I used to work for Ignatius Press, and most of them here in San Francisco go to my parish. A lot of them go to my parish, so I have a real connection with Ignatius Press. They give me free books. But uh, you can find a lot of great books on their website. But they publish all of Michael O'Brien. He's, he, his first novel was called Father Elijah. I think it was a prophetic book written, I think, 20 years ago. He's got about 12 novels since then. But if you want a good novel, a good Catholic novel, uh, Father Elijah by Michael O'Brien. Wonderful. I'd Father, also mention... Go the, oh, go ahead. Sure, Sorry. go ahead. Well, just one last thing is... Some of these books are a little difficult for younger audiences, and so for teens. Uh, again, for Ignatius Press has this whole vision series of biographies of saints. So, for example, just pulled up their website, and uh, one of the first ones was Father Damien of Molokai. Uh, a, a, quite an inspiring and, and fascinating story of uh, a Belgian 
priest that worked with the, and died of leprosy, worked with the lepers in Hawaii. But uh, it's just one of, say, 30 vision series books written for teens from, from ages like 12 to 20. Um, the uh, different, different, they're, they're not very long. They're maybe maximum 100 pages. So, yeah, yeah we can you go know, back to your phones. Yeah, as you're talking about that, one other one that came to my mind, um, a couple of books on the lives of modern saints. One is called Faces of Holiness, and then mm. there's Young Faces of Holiness. And uh, the thing that I like about those is it's got photographs of every single um, you know, venerable or blessed or mm. uh, saint that's in that book. And it's, you know, short, probably like two, three, four pages of, uh, on, on the life of each one of those. Um, that was the first time that I came across the life of Blessed Miguel Pro, and it just really, really mm. stood out to me. And seeing those images of him as he's facing his martyrdom, um, it just really, um, it, it started that devotion that I have for him in my own life. Um, yes, let's go back to the phones, Father. We've got, let's see, Nick is listening to us from Frankfurt, Illinois. Hi, Nick. Thanks for calling in. What is your uh, recommendation for spiritual reading? Well, back in, in the 80s when my mentor gave me my, the initial book, I, I ended up getting, he recommended that I get the Devotion to the Sacred Heart, which uh, uh, chron- chronologizes uh, the, 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 re- the revelations to St. Margaret Mary Coke and as we know, the, the, the object of that, that book, the object of that love of that sacred heart is, is the Eucharist, uh, which is the so, source and summit of our faith, and it leads you to the Mass, and, and, and it's just such a beautiful go-to book as, throughout the years. And a, a, as you think of the, I think like to think of the Divine Mercy Devotion as an allegory to the devotion to the sacred heart. And if you look at those two very powerful devotions, they were quashed for some time, and we won't get into who probably was messing with that, with, with quashing them, but because they were so powerful and because their source was the Eucharist, that, that, that the unholy one wanted to keep us from them. But they've both been, been, been rejuvenated, these devotions, and I, I think they're, they're, they're essential to mankind because they point to the Eucharist and, 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 and you know, the source of our faith. And it's just, just a beautiful, beautiful way to fall in love with the Sacred Heart with all of its attributes, where it leads us to. And it's just the woman before me talked about silence. We find that silence when we love our Lord in the Eucharist. We, we want to spend that time with him in adoration. And in that adoration, we get that silence that we need to go out and be vociferous to a world that's starving for Christ. Yes, thank you, Nick. So, devotion to the so Sacred Heart. The call. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Father. Well, just devotion to the Sacred Heart. Uh, has been made a renaissance and it, so to read the revelations of saint margaret mary is very important and and just read it brings up another point we should read some devotional materials as well so uh, a novena basically is a reading it's a it's a reflection on an event or a saint as you make the novena so th- that's another good type of spiritual reading Nick, thanks so much for the call, and uh, we are just flat out of time here. We've got so many other callers. I apologize to those of you who have called in and been holding, and we just don't have time to get you on the air here. But, uh, Father, as we do wrap up our hour today, could I ask you in the remaining minute to offer a blessing for everybody listening, especially heading into this new year? Yes. Let us ask God to bless us with the year ahead of us. We thank him for the year past, and we ask his blessing 
on the year 2022, the year of grace. And through the intercession of all the saints, especially the Mother of God, may the blessing of Almighty God come upon all of us in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Joseph Ilo, our spiritual director, thank you so much, Father, for being here with us. And, of course, if you missed any portion of the earlier part of the program, you can find the podcast. It'll be posted here in just a little bit this afternoon on RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Mass is next. Father Matt Seminar is the celebrant. And coming up tomorrow, we're going to talk about how we can accept God's will in our lives, especially when <laughs> maybe our will is a little different than what God is calling us to. We'll talk about that tomorrow here on The Inner Life. Have a blessed day. I donate now, and actually, I, every chance I get, I send uh, people the link to the app. I'll tell you, it's changed my prayer life. That it is really has. I'm so grateful to all of you. Make a tax-deductible donation at RelevantRadio.com. 